So today's podcast is with Janae. And she is a very inspirational person. At least I find her very inspirational. She works as an engineer. She has a family. So like she's super busy, does not have that much time, still manages to have a 307-day run streak as of today. And I just find that she really exemplifies what's so good about the running community. It's just that positivity, the encouragement, helping, you know, other people who are just getting started. So if you're just getting started in running or, you know, are interested in running in general, this is a really good podcast because she just kind of lays out a lot of like really good, useful advice for things that have helped her and also tells her story, which is fantastic. So without further ado, this is the show. Um, I guess first off, um, your run streak, I think, is like a 307, 308 or something like that. Yes, 307. So I, I haven't run today, but yeah, it'll be 308 today. Yeah, that's, you know, that's like one of the things that interested me first, I guess, for anyone like listening, like a backstory of just like, I virtually met you through a running group and then just kind of for no reason at all, I guess you got kicked off the group. And started your own running group, which is running after it all on Facebook. And then you got reinstated back in the other group because everyone was like, where is she? Where, like, where, where are her posts? They're completely gone. Uh, and there was a bunch of people who were like upset about it. Yes. So, but what I like, because I feel like it really like represents running really well, is that there's like a really big like community sense in running, you know, like yeah. that doesn't happen in any other group. So I, th I think I like just let a lot of the positivity that you bring to just everything in general was like kind of what made me interested in, you know, just like kind of what your whole story is and how you got on, like got into running because you don't get to 307 by accident. You know, like there's like this whole process that leads up to it. And so I guess I want to start with like, how did you even get into running to begin with? So I think I start like every other person who starts running crazy, but I hated running, right? Like it was the thing that I never wanted to do. And um, after we had our daughter, she's 11 now, but she was two at the time. Um, I started kind of, I wanted to lose some baby weight. And I said, someone told me, they said, if you find the exercise or the activity that you don't like to do and master it, like that's the best thing for you because the reason that you don't like to do it is because it's challenging for you. Um, and so I started running and I remember it was March of 2015 when I ran my first mile and it took me like almost a month to get there. I remember like I was going to the gym and I sat in the car and I was like, today I'm going to do it. I'm going to hit a mile. And I remember hitting that mile. And by November of 2015, I ran my first half marathon in Vegas. Um, so it just kind of went straight on from there. And I kept running, but it was somewhat inconsistent. We ended up having our son, he's seven now, and work and life and, you know, just everything kind of gets in the way of where you are and you put it on the back burner. And to be honest, like per personally, like I figured out on this run streak that the person that I thought I was, was not the person that I am. Like I thought I was a person who was just motivated and could motivate myself to run if I said, I'm just going to run three days a week. And I'll say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I'll wake up on Monday and it's cold or I'm tired. And I'll like Tuesday, Wednesday, 
Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then Tuesday, it's a hard day at work. And then I just keep pushing it until it's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like I have to squeeze it in or it's not going to happen. And I realized that if I allow myself time to do things, like it just doesn't get done the way that I want it to effectively. Like I don't have that. Like it's so sad to say, but like I don't have that type of motivation to just tell myself I'm going to do it like three days a week and it'll be fine. Like I kind of need that consistency in my life in order to drive me. Um, And that's really kind of how I stumbled accidentally like upon this run streak because it wasn't even where I started upon that journey. But that's kind of how like I started running, which was originally, which I don't do now, like mine is just full on like craze and just good health reasons. It's not for losing weight, Um, but it was kind of just to challenge myself to do something different that I hadn't done before. And for me in life in general, I never want to be held up by my challenges. Like I don't want to not be able to do something because I'm afraid of it. I'd rather not want to do it because it doesn't interest me or it's not worth my time. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And I'm curious, uh, did running help you lose weight? Or was it something else? Because a lot of times it's like, it can help with some people like really struggle, like they'll run a lot, and they still can't quite get things in check because of their nutrition. So like, did running alone help you lose weight? Or was it something else? It did. I mean, it's you still have to follow like a nutrition plan and all of that. But for me, it needed to kickstart off something. So a lot of people will start with nutrition and then add in exercise. For me, it was at having the exercise and then I started working on my nutrition because like when you're running and you see yourself, you're sweating profusely and you just finish this run and it's been like 45 minutes and you're like, oh, like I just like burned off a bag of Cheetos. Like that definitely wasn't like worth it at all for me. Yeah, that's how I measure my runs too. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that wasn't worth it. Like I can finish a bag of Cheetos in like five mm. seconds. And oh, yeah. I, you know, I, like, and I just ran for 45 minutes. So it allowed me to kind of understand like what the calorie intake was for me and different things. And so from there, it's, you know, you start to kind of, you feel the difference in your body when you change things. And that sparked my nutritional needs to run, to fuel my running. So it wasn't just running, but running helped kickstart the nutrition that I needed. And that paired together um, allowed me to lose weight during that time. Now, I'm not like a salad person and I don't measure food or anything like that. Like, but the consistency of that allowed me to watch what I was able to eat to lose the weight. So do you feel like, like mentally it helped you, you know, almost uh, that the, the mental benefit let you physically be able to do more things, like to be able to adhere to like maybe healthier eating or something like that. Did you feel like it was that? It, I do because it also gave me, it was mental, but it was also physical because I could feel the changes in my body when I ran. Like if I ate certain things, if I just like ate a crap diet, then I wasn't able to run efficiently. And so it helped, it allowed me to be able to kind of visualize or feel the changes when I was eating differently and what I should eat. And I wanted to eat differently. Like I was putting in all this hard work. I was like going to the gym and I was working out and I wanted to reward myself, but in a healthy way, I was like, I'm doing this. Like I'm doing all this work. Like I'm going to go home and I'm going to make something and I'm going to meal plan. And I'm going to do these things because in the sense, it was kind of like, 
it was a reward for me to be able to, I guess, celebrate my body in a way that was helpful for me in a nutritional way. And I think some people think of it as the reverse, like I'm going to like go to the gym and run and then I can come home and eat ice cream and you know, have cheat meals. But for me, it was the difference. It's like, hey, you're putting in all this hard work. Don't let it go to waste. Like do something that's going to help celebrate and push forward your running and like eating nutritionally allowed me to kind of celebrate those things um, in that way. So it was more, it was mental, but it was a little bit more physical because I can also feel those changes. And it made me feel proud to do that. Yeah. You know, that's like, that's one of the things that I feel like people don't necessarily like want to hear initially is like, well, if you start working out, like the mindset shifts are like possibly the most important. And it's like, you know, we see our bodies, like we're so focused on like the physical changes, but I find that like a lot of times the physical changes come after like the mindset shift. Yes. And even with like myself, like I started, I used to be overweight and I started with the nutrition side, kind of like the reverse of you. And I, you know, just got in like a bad relationship with food to like a borderline eating disorder type thing. But what, as soon as I started lifting, it completely shifted my mindset where I started like, well, if I want to get stronger and I want to get stronger, I want to lift more weights, I have to start eating. And then it like rewired my brain to start having this healthy relationship with food that like I wanted to eat healthy, kind of similar to how, to how you did. And it, it just like kind of reshaped everything. And, and you did something that like, I always like recommend to people like you just intuitively did it where it's like, I think a lot of people, if they want to lose weight, they just like try to immediately like stop all these different bad habits and it's super hard. It's really hard to do, but if you just kind of let everything ride, kind of stay the same and just add on one thing for yourself, that's healthy. It starts like affecting all those other bad habits. You almost naturally start wanting to quit those because you're doing this thing for yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like one thing at a time. So I can't, I'm not the type to take on like five things because when all those things crash, I can't pick up the pieces. So it's, I'm going to start running and I'm going to run for 30 days. And then once I feel like I kind of have that mastered and I have a system down, then I'm going to work on my nutrition and then you slowly add things in. But if you just try to change everything in your life at once, it's too hard um, to figure out what's going on. Your body's going through changes, your mind's going through changes, and you can't really adjust to one thing. You're trying to adjust to five different things at once, and it's too much overload. And even for your body, like your body can't adjust to that. So you may feel crappy because you just started working out. Now you're trying to control your nutrition. Your body's trying to rid itself of waste that it's not used to having. You're trying to lift weights. You're sore. You're stretching. It's so much. It's like, just take one thing at a time, focus on that, get comfortable with it at the next thing, because it's, it's nothing but time. And I think a lot of times people, when they decide to change their life, they jump full in and they try to attack it all at once as if it's like, I got to do this now. I only have 30 days. I'm going to do this crash thing. And it's like, Hey, just take it one day at a time. Like, and the time's going to go by no matter what, but like, if you're doing it in a healthy way, it's going to be more stable for you as opposed to just trying to jump in full on, like just slow, slow it down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a, that's a huge part of it. I'm, I'm curious with like running, like mentally, how did you view yourself before you started running? And then like, and just general, like just mental health, um, just general view of yourself before running. And then 
how did that change after you started running for a little bit? And then how did that kind of progress to like where you are now in comparison to those others? Okay. So I'll speak like directly to like the run streak. So, I mean, I started this and I think I've told this to a couple of people. I said, I hadn't been consistently running. I think when I look back in 2021, I had ran like 23 miles for the month in January, right? Cause it's January. You're going to like master it. And then I think I got like nine and a half in February and like one mile in March. And it was just like all over the map. I was just one day, great one day, not. And I said, I'm going to do a mile a day in May because it rhymed, right? Like it just rhymed. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm just going to do it because it rhymes. It sounds great. I said, at least a mile a day. I had no idea there was like such a thing as a run streak. Like this was just something I said, I'm going to do it for 30 days to try to change my mindset so I can get used to working out and kind of, kind of re-trigger things for me so I can reset. And so I started running and at first, the first 30 days, right, it's awesome. Like you, you, I was feeling, I guess I'll start by saying before I ran, like I was just kind of feeling stuck. I was working all the time. You know, I'm, I'm a civil engineer and I'm a project executive for a construction management um, company, commercial um, building company. So it's a lot of long hours. It's a lot of work. My job is not very typical of women. There's not a lot of women engineers. There's not a lot of women um, in the industry that I'm in. So it's demanding hours. Like I work 12, 13 hours a day. So, and then some at home. So it's that, you know, we have two kids, my husband's a professional. So I just felt stuck. And I was always making an excuse of why I couldn't do things because I've had work and the kids had things going on. And at some point I just wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't happy with myself, but I felt like I could do so much more. I wanted to change. And I started with one mile a day in May, you know, it was a beautiful day in May. And I just started running and at first it was so exciting. Just like everything you kind of do, you get that motivation. You're like, yeah, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to do this. It's great. You know, then by like day 15, I'm like, oh, this is getting a little hard, right? But like, it was still fun. And then I got to like day 25 and I was like, what's going to happen in five days? Like, is this going to be it for me? what's going to happen. And by the, about day 15, I could start to feel my body wanting different things for food. Like for, 50, for the first 15 days, I could pretty much eat what I was normally eating, like for dinner, you know, whatever But my husband was making, if it was like chicken or steak, or we eat pretty healthy anyway, but I didn't have to have that many snacks in between. I wasn't really a breakfast person. I would kind of have coffee and I was on the go about day 15, my body's like, all right, Janae, this is a little bit more than we bargained for. You're going to have to feel a little bit better. So then I started like looking at like my nutrition. I was like, okay, I have to add in more meals and snacks because my goal at that time wasn't to lose weight. I wanted to make sure that I maintained my weight because I'm not, I mean, I'm happy with the size I am. I didn't do it to, to lose any weight. I feel like my physique is, is okay for where I am. So I started packing snacks and things for work and making sure I paid more attention to the way that I was hydrating and the way that I was fueling myself. That was about day 15. And that was, I was able to kind of contend and, and stay with that. Around day 30, um, I started going back to my chiropractor because one of the biggest things I noticed is that like 
everyone complains about their muscles. It was my feet. Like the muscles in my feet were starting to give me like some, some problems. And so I went and saw my chiropractor who is in, um, he is an ART, was an active release technique um, specialty. He does that as a therapist as well, which is just soft tissue uh, manipulation as well. And so he looked at me, I said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm on this run streak. I think I was at day 25. And he said, Oh, so you're going to stop at 30. And I looked at him and I said, I don't think so. And he kind of took a step back and he was like, Oh, this could be a problem. Right. And, so, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, well, I'm not going to say it's a problem, but it's, that's an uphill battle. Like that's a lot of stress you're putting on your body, but let's, let's see where this goes. And so he was able to like help me. He did some scraping and different things, gave me some stretches and stuff to do. So I was kind of off and going. And by the time I hit day 30, like I just knew, like I just was not ready to stop. And it really, at that point, my mind shift started to change and not just towards running, towards life. Like this is where it became super impactful for me because I am, I would say like I'm an introvert, extrovert, like I like being around people sometimes, but I can also be in a room and won't say anything to anyone. Um, so I, I can kind of play it both ways, but it started to give me a sense of happiness about myself and to realize that I really was like this, like badass person, if I can say that, if that's okay. Right? Like I felt like sometimes, you know, how you go around and you feel confident about yourself, but not because you feel it because other people say that you're good at things. And so you think, Hey, other people are saying this about me, so it must be true, but you don't feel it internally. And I've kind of always felt like that, like at work or, or when people say like, you're a good mom or you're very good at these things or you're a great, great friend. Like, I don't really feel that way, but it must be true because people say that about me. It was the first time in my life that like, I felt that about myself. And when I felt that way about myself, it was so mind blowing that it just made me want to make other people feel that way and just feel like empowered because what the 30 at 30 days and 45 days. And at this point, what it allowed me to do was to realize that I was able to conquer pretty much anything. And it showed me that if I just take it step by step, day by day, step by step, even things that I didn't want to do, that there isn't really thing in life that I can't do, is that I choose not to do it, or I don't want to do it. And that's the difference. When people say, I can't run every day, you can run every day, it's a choice. And it's not a bad choice. You may choose not to do it because the sacrifice of running every day isn't worth the reward for you. And that's fine. You may choose not to lift weights or you may choose not to go off that promotion or do something at work, but it's not because you can't. It's because what you're willing to give up isn't worth the sacrifice of what or isn't worth the reward. And so that made me look at life differently. And so when things started coming at me, even at work or different situations, I never had that mindset and it changed. I started thinking, I can do this. 
how do I attack it for one? And two, if I choose not to do it, it's different than me saying I can't do it. I choose not to, or I don't want to, because the sacrifice of me choosing this is not the, it doesn't outweigh the benefit of the reward of what I'm going to have to give up to do it. And that's my choice. So it empowers me to do things or not to do things, not because I don't want, not because I can't do it, because I choose not to. And so it just makes you feel better about who you are and like your limitations or what you perceive to be your limitations in life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause that, cause that like actually like really resonates with me a lot. Cause it, it's, it's cool. Cause I, I've experienced a lot of the same things from running, which is why, I, you know, which I think is like where like kind of the addiction comes from yes. because once you kind of get over, it's like, it's like running is kind of like this rose with thorns and like the thorns is like the just starting off part where it's like so hard and every run just sucks so much, almost no matter what <laughs> pace you go at and it hurts and you're like, man, this sucks. I, yes. I don't like this at all. <laughs> and then for some reason, whatever it is, you kind of just like keep going with it. And then like you start getting a little bit better. And then once you get like this, foundation of fitness laid you can start having easier runs and it can start being a lot a lot easier to like really kind of get into that flow <clears throat> and run yeah and once you get into that point it's like for me it started you know just building this like kind of belief in myself of like this small like continual thing of like I, I saw improvement which made me like okay maybe I'm kind of good at this you know whatever that means and it, it just starts like planting the seeds of belief. Yes. And once you get into there, then you start like you get to the rose, but you have to go through this like real difficult time at first where like you don't know anything. You don't really know how to run. You're just kind of out there winning it. And it's difficult. It, and a lot of people quit at that point. And I understand that because it, it, I hated running for years, you know, um, but eventually like the people that, you know, like you that have that run streak, it's not... It, it, you know, it's because by then your brain has like correlated in your mind that even though like there are so many days I don't want to run like today, I did not want to go run yes. at all. But by now, then it, it becomes easier to get yourself past that emotion because your brain knows like it, it remembers all these benefits that you've got in front of it from it. So like the reward is so high that you're like, OK, I'm just going to do it even though I don't want to. But yeah. it's really hard initially because you don't have that, you know. Yeah, like, no, I agree. And I, I love that. I think you said like it, it plants that seed, right? It's, it's so different, because I, I'm sure you've been there, where you're like, I am dog tired. And you say, I'm just going to take another step, I'm going to take another step. And you look up and you've run a mile or a half a mile or two miles. And it, if you apply that to life, or just you just think you can't go on, even to like an assignment you're doing, or whatever it is, and you think back, and I step back, and I look, and I'm like, man, I ran two miles after I thought I had nothing else to give. So like, even when I feel like I have nothing, like the willpower inside of me that I don't even tap into is so strong that it can push me to drive even further when I think I can't. So it's just changing my mindset to say, no, you really can. You just have to believe in yourself and push harder. So that like helps me in life. And it's like kind of the first time, like you have to tell your brain not to 
not to listen to your brain. Like everything we do every day, it's like our brain tells us what to do, right? It's like, that's how we survive. Like, oh, be scared. Look here, look there. But when you're running, it's the one time that your body has to kind of fuel you to go, even when your mind initially is saying, stop, like just stop, you're done, you're tired. And you have you have to kind of like do a bit a mental check with your body. I'm like, but I'm breathing fine. My legs aren't really that tired. Why am I telling myself to stop? Like, no, just keep going, keep going a little bit more and pushing past that. It was, it's, I don't know, I feel it feels empowering to me to be able to do that and to visually see that and like to look back at that tree or wherever I am or look down at my watch and say, wow, like. I can go a lot further than I ever thought that I could. Yeah, that's, um, and, and that's the thing that it, it like opens a door in your mind too, where once you start like understanding, like, it, you know, like you start understanding that like your brain is like a master of tricks almost where it will give you <laughs> like, like I can't like so many times it, it gives like, for instance, even with your situation where like you work, you have kids you know, you have, you have like a family, you have a lot of things to do. And it is actually a very reasonable statement to say that you don't really have time to run and that yeah. you have so many other responsibilities that you can't, that it, it's not unreasonable. Like it's a very good reason to have all these different, like to, to work and, still, and take care of kids and stuff. Like it's so much that it's like, yeah, I think any reasonable person would be like, wow, yeah, I really don't have that much time. I get why you wouldn't run. Yeah. And that is like the brain is like so good at doing that where it'll give you a perfectly good reason not to do something. But then it like, I don't know, I don't know it goes to like your soul almost where it, and then it's like rejects that you have to like, you start learning to reject that. And, and it really is like an empowering, empowering thing where you start understanding that like you have so much more to give in yes. everything and that it's all a matter of like, you know, like, you know, obviously like time is like, you know, arguably like not real in quotes. It's kind of just a, a measurement we use for existence. Right. And it's just kind of like, it, it, you can just kind of mold it into whatever you make it. Cause there aren't any like really hard, fast rules for what time is. You can almost make it into whatever you want. If you really want to, if you really want to. Yeah. Yes. So how did you figure out kind of how to, I don't know, kind of switch that in your brain? Like, like what do you do with that? perfectly good reason voice, you know, tells you not to do these things. So I love the fact that it's just a a mile a day. So officially, for those who don't know, like a run streak to officially count it as an official run streak, you have to run one mile uninterrupted every single day. So for me, the days that I just don't want to do it, like that's 10 minutes. It's literally 10 minutes. Like, and that's if I'm not pushing hard, right? Like just a consistent run. And I tell myself, you don't have 10 minutes to like go upstairs or go outside and run. Like that's not even, I I can't talk myself out of not doing it for 10 minutes. And before I started the run streak, you know, you want to run 15 miles in a week. So you're like, oh, well, I have to run three miles. That's 30 minutes. And by the time I change and stretch, that's an hour. Like, I don't have time to do that. Or I'm running every day. So I don't, if I don't have it today, maybe I'll have it tomorrow. But it's literally 10 minutes. So I'm like, I have 10 minutes in my day to do this. And most of the time when you start, 
you can run more than 10 minutes. Some days you can't. Like there are some days where I'm like, if this is it, I am doing this mile and I am done purposely. And then there are days where like I need to do it just to kind of recover because run streaks are things that some people don't agree with and they talk about recovery and rest. So I do give myself those days of recovery where I will purposely only run 10, you know, run one mile. But the days that I can't or I don't want to, like I tell myself, you literally have 10 minutes, like just go upstairs and fight it out and you can do it. I'm like, that's, I break it down in my mind. I'm like, that's five minutes twice or two minutes, five times. Like while you're trying to convince yourself not to do it, you could have been done by now. <laughs> so so yeah, that like, oh, that's like yeah. half an episode of The Office. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I would do, I not uh... be okay with just sitting down and watching half an episode of The Office, you know? Yes. And I watch The Office too when I run and like different things. So yes, it really is. Or like you're scrolling like Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Um, and like now I'm so far into it. It's, um, I'm like, is this how my story's going to end? So like on days where I'm like super tired, I'm like, is this really how you're going to end your run streak? Because you didn't want to run 10 minutes. This is it. Like you've come this far and this is where your journey ends. It's not like, no, that's not how we're going to end this, Janae. We're going to, you're going to get up and you're going to go do this, you know, for 10 minutes. And usually after 10 minutes, even if it's just 10 minutes, I feel great because it gives me that time to process the day or whatever's going on. That's just my time. And, you know, having two kids and having a job and my husband, I don't get a lot of me time. So like, that is like my time to myself to just kind of unwind, which sounds crazy for, you know, when people who don't run, they're like, really, you're unwinding while you're running. But it just kind of lets my brain just do whatever it's going to do. And I use, I get off and I feel great. Like it's, and I'm like, great. Some days, 10 minutes. All right. I'm done for the day. I check out and I'm like, you accomplished your goal, Janae. You can go post about it and you can go to bed. You know, and a lot of those days you do like, I, I, that was one of the other things I noticed that was impressive to me is a lot of the days it's, you know, it's not even just one mile. Like it's impressive to me to run one mile for 308 days but there will be, you had several like half marathons in there. Yes. You had, you know, there's a lot of four milers and some sevens and stuff like that. So it's, it's a lot of like total volume at, at the end of the day. How, yes. how, like, how do you like deal with like the stress on your body that that puts? Because even though you have some adaption from doing it for so long, there's like a certain level of like things can fall apart very easily at that point. They can. So yeah, I will touch on this. I did, I did do the back to back half marathons. And so um, I will say this because I, I told you at the beginning, I don't like things that either scare me or I feel that challenge me that I don't push through. And because I've been running so much, I was worried if I could actually run long distances and recover. So I said, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and run 10 miles. And then I got to 10 and I'm like, come on, it's an extra 5k. Like just, I know that sounds crazy, right? But it's like, just go ahead and throw it in. And so I did for the first weekend and I wasn't prepared. So I am the first, like, if you know me, you know that I'm very transparent about like my running and I try to be, try to be, so people understand like, this is a journey. So I was not prepared because I was not scheduled to run that much. So like my fueling was off. I was not completely properly hydrated. And I felt so sick after I ran. Um, it was like, I was like the worst night because I had chills and everything. And I was like, oh no, like 
like this, is this how I'm going to feel if I run long distances? And so now it's a challenge for me. I'm like, how do I overcome this feeling? What did I do wrong? What can I do better next time? Like, I don't give up on things. I try to fix things. So I said, all right, the next weekend, I'm going to try to run just 10 and see how that feels. But I'm going to like fuel properly. I'm going to make sure that I'm hydrated and make sure that I have like a recovery shake at the end and all these things. And I set all the things up. So before my run, I had fuel during my run, I eat like little gummy fruit snacks and things. So I had all those things set up. I had a scoop of peanut butter, like I was like ready to go. I was like, I got it. This is my jam. I'm ready. And so the second weekend, the next Friday, I ran um, a second half marathon to disprove my theory, <laughs> the, the other one, to make sure that I was able to kind of get through it to see what my issues were. And it really was just my fueling, which made me feel so much better. And I learned how to fuel because um, a lot is trial and error. It's what your stomach can take is how you um and how you train. You have to train your stomach just as you train your body to be able to fuel and when to take fuel and how to take fuel. And it's a whole process that I think people don't really understand. They just kind of go out and run. And um, to get back to like your initial question, it's the same with this run streak. And I try to be very transparent to people because it's not something that you can just do right? Like you can't just wake up one day and say, and I, I want to be careful when I say that, but you have to make sure that you're taking care of your body in a sense where it's a mindset shift, a mind shift from normal running where you go and some, you know, you're just running and you give it your all and you run to exhaustion. You can't do that when you're on a run streak. Like you have to be able to leave a little in the tank for the next day and the next day and the next. Like you can't just run five miles and six miles. You have to build like a pretty solid base for yourself. Um, and I don't, I've seen people that says, oh, you're on a run streak. I'm going to start. And then I see them run four miles and five miles and six miles. And I mean, they're putting these paces up. They're like eight and nine miles. And I, I tell them like, please be very careful make sure you're stretching. And I want to tell them like, you are headed down a road of disaster if you are not careful because you're running at a training level pace. And this is more of an endurance race type of pace and you have to pace yourself. Um, so after like about 30 days, I was seeing my chiropractor um, and I see him once a month. And I also have a sports massage therapist and I see my massage therapist every three weeks. And my massage therapist and my chiropractor talk to each other to make sure that they are in line and the tips that they're giving me to help me as far as muscle, mu muscle manipulation as they're going through, if they're scraping, um, if he tapes me, um, just to make sure that my muscles are doing what they need to do that they're not giving me conflicting information. Um, and they also give me exercises and stretching. So I'd say 90% of running is done off of out of my shoes. Like I spent a lot of time foam rolling, I spent a lot of time doing dynamic stretches, like, you know, my alphabet with my feet and ankles and making sure that those stay strengthened. Um, I do a lot of weight training. I do a lot of core work and I do a lot of yoga, which seems weird because I have a full-time job and I have two kids and I have a husband and it's like, how do you squeeze all this in? And so I try to do about 30 minutes 
um, at least three or four times a week of some sort of activity. And even when I'm at work, I'll do like my ankle mobility exercises while I'm sitting at my desk um, and just different things because you need these things to help fuel you. You can't, and just to help, it's, it's a holistic type of running. It's not just, I'm going to go out and run today and then I'm going to go out and run tomorrow. Like you really need to think about the things that are helping you get to this point. Like I never realized how important like ankle exercises are for my feet and how much of a, a pounding my feet are taking and making sure I'm tracking my mileage on my shoes and that I have the proper inserts um, and that I'm really like rolling my Achilles and my soleus muscles and all of these things. It's like you just learn. Is that you? Or is that? Sorry. Um, Can you hear I, that? I don't hear anything. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I no, thought it was, it was my team's thing. So I apologize, but, um, um, like you really want to make sure that like you're, that you're taking care of the smaller muscle groups. A lot of people just think my hamstrings or my calves, um, I have to do these things, but for me, it's, it was more of a journey of making sure I stayed healthy. And it scared me because when I started my run streak, everyone was was telling me not to do it, that I was going to get injured. Like, don't do this. You're going to get injured. What do you have to prove? Why are you doing this? And I like my response to them honestly was there is no real reason for me to do this other than it makes me really happy. And it really did. Like there was nothing. I had nothing to prove to anyone. Like I wasn't trying to prove anything to anyone. Like after 30 days, I was like, I am done. Like this is, I've accomplished way more than I thought that I ever would, but I'm continuing on because it makes me happy. And it's weird sometimes when you say that to people, because they're like, this is crazy. And people just don't do things for the sheer joy. So I was like, I have no other reason to do this, but it truly, truly makes me happy. So doing all these things, I started making sure I researched like a gait analysis. And I went to my local running store, which is key for people. If you have a local running store, please, please make sure that you go and you visit them because they will help you so much. They helped me find a gait analysis um, person to like help check my gait. Um, you know, obviously they help you with your running shoes, but they give you helpful tips. And they also know people in the industry that can help you with things that you may not be able to find on your own, because that's really what they do. Like they're a community resource. So I would call them and say, Hey, I'm having this issue on fueling and I really don't like gels. What can you recommend for me? Um, and they actually said, like, what do you feel about fruit snacks and baby food? Like they weren't even trying to get me to buy things in their store, right? Like they don't sell baby food in the store, but they said like, you know, applesauce packs and things that you feed like a baby are actually a really good source of food. If you can't handle gels, you can try those. They're super cheap. Um, and so they give you helpful hints and like, I recommend for anyone like visit them because they're there to help you. They're not just there sometimes to sell you things. Um, so I always go to my local running store. Um, I've been there, you know, they've been around and helped me for the past like six or seven years and I always get my shoes and things from there. But they were the ones to kind of help me tap more into making sure that I'm doing strength training and different things. And, um, you know, along with my massage therapist and chiropractor, but I couldn't have done this alone. Like I would not be at 307 if I did not have the support of professionals helping me along the way, giving me these 
these tips um, to help me like stay strong. Yeah. And you know, that was, I feel like that's almost another thing you did intuitively is like, I feel like almost all runners, it's usually like, if you have an injury, it's almost always like overuse of like going, doing too much too quickly or it's form. It's like usually one of those two, it's rarely just like something random that kind of happens. It's almost always that like all my injuries have always been doing too much too quickly almost every time. And then one was like formulated, but that is like the main thing I think for like starting out, that was like something very smart you did too, like before the run streak to actually like get like a gate analysis and fix all of these different problems. Cause it's like every, I believe like almost everyone can, you know, do like a, a significant run streak and, you know, mm-hmm. run every day, but that can encompasses not just like a put your shoes on and go run and then come back. You know, it's, it's like, it, it takes multiple things to work together and, but you can't do it. It's just some people might have to do more than others, you know, as far as like outside of their, um, outside of their like actual running time. Yeah. But what, what were like some of the mistakes that you made kind of early on or maybe before your run streak or just in general in terms of running? Um, I would say it took me a, a while to get my fueling down. Like that's huge. And it's still hard for me to stay hydrated. So like hydration is a huge thing for me, like making sure that I'm drinking enough water um, just because during the day I am so busy with work. It's secondary to me. So I'll even have water on my desk, but I'm so busy. I have about 15 people on my team and they're constantly coming in my door asking me questions and we're on a site where there's about 200 workers and we're in charge of uh, building the project. So it's it's just always mad chaos. Um, so I forget to drink, like I'll forget to like drink sometimes or I'll forget to eat. And then I come home and you know I'm trying to shovel all this food in my face and then try to run. And you push through some of them, but you realize that like, this is not the proper way to do it. It's really, really hard um, as far as nutrition to make sure that you get it right, because it's really trial and error. Like it's what your body can handle. You realize like, I'm not that good at like, um, I guess, digesting dairy very well, like before a run. Um, I know now that I need about two hours before I run or do a longer run to eat. So if I eat dinner at like six, it's not really good for me personally to run until about eight o'clock because it just doesn't feel good on my stomach. Now I can do a mile, I can do two, but anything more than that, it starts to really kind of play with me and it starts to upset my stomach. So it, but it's, it takes so much patience to figure it out because you have to kind of go through the paces to realize what's not working to figure out what is working. And then even when you know what's working, you have to remember that it's working. So when you're feeling kind of off that you can like fall back to, okay, why am I feeling off? Am I drinking enough water? Did I fuel properly today? Did I eat holistically? Like, am I getting all my nutrition in like through the week? Um, and it's, it's a lot. So I would say one of the, one of the bigger mistakes for me was just that simply, um, of making sure that I'm like staying within, like, I don't want to say calorie intake. I do not watch my calories at all. Like I am burning so many calories. It's a problem for me to like stay (laughs) the weight that I am. So like, I'm constantly like trying to eat as much as I can when I can. Um, but That was one of the bigger things for me too. It was making sure I try to run about a hundred miles a month. 
And so making sure that like, I don't overstress my body. And there are times where I will go out to run and I have an idea of what I want to run, but to mentally say, it's okay not to do it. And so there are times where I've come close to pushing myself to a limit where I knew if I pushed more that I could have hurt myself. And I'm like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And there are months where I didn't hit a hundred and it's, it's okay. It's okay. Right. Like every, you don't have to like crush every single goal you set out for yourself. Like, and it's hard for me to sometimes accept that, but I know in the long run that as long as I'm making continual progress, then it's fine. So if I go to run five and I can only do three, I'm, that's okay. Like, and to be genuinely okay with yourself and to meet yourself where you are is huge. And it was hard for me to accept that early on in my journey where I just felt like I had to do better and be better. Like if I ran five today, um, and this was before my run streak, it's if I ran a five miles today, I have to run 5.1 tomorrow and then 5.2 the next day or run faster. I felt the need to always top myself. Um, Otherwise I felt like I wasn't improving. But with the run streak, you know, it's always, there's tomorrow, you know, that's what I tell myself, there's always tomorrow, there's always the next day, like you'll get it. Um, so knowing one, to make sure that you're properly fueling and, and yourself, and just to holistically checking in with yourself and saying, it's okay to stop when I'm not feeling it now, and that means when you're feeling something wrong with your body, you have to push through some of the mental stuff when you're saying like, I'm just tired or like, I feel sluggish. You have to do that to improve. But when you know, when something's not feeling right with yourself and you, it's okay to kind of pull the plug. And those were kind of the two early on mistakes that I saw myself making that I was able to correct before it became a bigger problem for me in, in the streak. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny, I, that, that's something I think I could definitely learn from you is that because I'm definitely like more rigid in my mindset <laughs> and a lot of my injuries have been because of that rigidity of like I will have set plans for like this, this is my mileage for the next you know two month block. And it's like you're hitting this mileage and then I'll kind of start feeling my body's off like, no, no, <laughs> we're hitting this mileage. No questions. And then you know, uh, last year, I think I had some type of, uh, I, have some, I have some runner's knee issues last year. Oh yeah. And then that was like, you know, it was like at least like a month and a half probably that I was like mm-hmm. really inconsistent with running because I had to give it time to heal. But I feel mm-hmm. like if I would like dial things back a little bit and, you know, listen to my body that it would have, it, it wouldn't, it would not have been a problem. I probably would have had more total running volume throughout that period if I just would have waited so, I mean, and that's, it's funny because like, now I would tell someone what, what you're saying, like, you really need to listen to your body and stuff like that. But it's just like, I had to just like beat my head against the wall to realize it. <laughs> and then, I don't know, you seemed like you intuitively were just kind of like, knew that that was like the right way to approach things. Yeah, it's weird. And I don't, I, I kind of like stumble upon these things, but if you're really listening to yourself and I say that, and you continuously hear me say that you have to like check in with your body. Like there are times when I just know something's off and we all know it, but we push past it. We don't identify originally. And we just say, it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I, it's okay. 
But I try not to do that because those little things, I call them like niggles, right? My little niggles, my little things. When I feel like a twinge in my knee or I feel something in my foot, I immediately call my chiropractor or my massage therapist or shoot them a text and say, hey, I was running today and during my run, like my knee, like I got this sharp pain. You ever get like that sharp pain in your hamstring between your knee and your hamstring as if somebody kind of like poked you in the back of your knee and it kind of gives a little bit? Um, well, I I've got- only had that one time and that was like <laughs> when I had like a, a, a micro tear in my meniscus, I think. Oh, If it's well- like the same thing we're talking about. I had, that's the only time I ever felt like kind of a pain in the back of my knee. Like, so I felt that once and normally you're kind of like that. It was just once. I can keep going. But I text them. I say, hey, like this happened. It felt really weird. And he said, you know, try to do these couple of things. It feels like this is tight. I need you to foam roll, put some ice on it. If it doesn't look good, call me and I'll get you in and I'll take a look at it. And I did. And it settled down. And I text him back and told him what I did. But I try to be better about making sure that I don't overlook things because our bodies are so adaptive, like they will adapt to an injury very well. And usually where you feel the pain is not where the problem is. And a lot of times people don't know that. And so they'll say, my foot hurts, my foot hurts. Well, your foot hurts or you have like plantar fasciitis because your ham, your, um, you know, your calves are tight, your soleus is tight, your Achilles is tight. And it's not allowing you to have that flexion. Like you don't have dorsal flexion. You know, you're not using your big toe to strike. It's all of these things. So your body's adapting to recover from that or to compensate for that. And that's what's causing you to now have this issue someplace else. But your body was probably giving you signs a month ago that your hamstrings and your calves and all these things were tight and you chose to ignore them. And now you have a problem somewhere else and you're focusing on where the problem is showing showing up, not what's causing the problem. And that's where the injury comes in because now you're like rolling your foot and massaging your foot because that's where the pain is. But that's not the onset of the problem. You just don't know it because you ignored it for so long that now it's showing up in a place where it's kind of hurting and you can see and feel where it is. And that takes a while to figure out. Like, and so my massage therapist is the first to say where the pain is, is not where the problem is. It's like, I'm telling you right now, wherever you feeling it is not what's causing it. So we need to take a step back. So he's very good at like being instructional when he's giving me a massage and telling me what he's doing and why he's doing it and what's causing the issues that he's feeling. And so I'm able to use that when I'm at home and I feel something like, all right, my foot's bothering me. Where, why is my foot bothering me? And what could be the onset of this? What's causing this? So then I just kind of work my way back to another area until I find it. Yeah. It's like the whole body is like such a complicated chain and connects to, to each other in so many places of like anytime my back hurts, I know it's related to like my psoas and my hip flexors, but, yes. people like, but it's, it can be easy to think it's just my lower back muscles when it, it really has nothing to do with that at all. And as soon as I work on those areas, like any back discomfort disappears. So oh, like, yeah, yeah, definitely like anything like above or below the injury is like, you know, a, a lot of times like it's like directly above or below seems like it causes something. 
you know, like, like if my knees hurt sometimes, it's my quads. Yep. You Your quads are too tight. Too. Yes. And so as you said that, someone the other day was like, I've never heard of that muscle before ever. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. I had never heard of it for so long either. And the first time I heard it, I also had to look it up and I was like, what is this? For some reason, like, it's just like, I never heard it talked about or never learned about it which is weird. I don't know why. I don't, yes. like, I don't remember learning that in like school or anything like no, that. They don't teach you those <laughs> things. No. And it's like probably like the most important one for runners, honestly. Like it's probably the most important one. It is like making sure that that's because it's the same. I used to have issues with my back. And as soon as I went to my chiropractor, he's like, oh my goodness, your psoas muscles are so tight. And so he was able to help me. And that's what helps my core. A lot of people ask me like, how do you have such a strong core? It's like, I really have to focus on like my transverse abs. Um, those are like, that's what's holding everything together. And a lot of times when we run, you know, your diaphragm is so open and like people don't realize they're like leaning back and their stomach's open, they're resting on their back. They're not pulling in and using those muscles to help them stay stable. But it's a hard concept to grasp, especially if your psoas is tight, like you can't you can't push through that. So understanding how it all works together, it's so much. And that's why when people say, how do you not get bored when you run? I'm like, how do you get bored? There's so much to focus on. Like I'm all over the place. Like it's my, you know, is my diaphragm in, am I holding my muscles firm? Like, is my strike? Okay. Like what's going on here. And so there's so much for me to focus on. I'm like, I don't understand how you get bored when you run. Like I can like run for days and just focus on different muscle groups and be fine with this yeah and i'm curious too like so for like anyone who's like getting started and running that's like in kind of a difficult phase what would you tell them if they're like i hate running like i'm not like i'm gonna keep trying but i really don't like this and you know it's difficult what would you what would you say to them like the first thing i say is like always slow down right like be patient like you didn't wherever you are in your life like you didn't get there in a day and a lot of times people think it's the coveted mile, right? That's what people strive for. Like they go out and they just want to run that mile. And it's one, meeting yourself where you are. Just be okay with where you are, first of all, and understand like it's a process. But two, just take it slow and run at a pace that's comfortable for you. And even if that's almost at a walk or a scoot or wherever you are, like you can, and when people run with me, I'm like, you can walk, you can crawl, but you cannot stop. Like those are the rules. So when I run with people, they're like, I'm going to stop at that tree. No, you're not because it's already predetermined in your mind that you're giving up. So we're going to run past that tree. I'm like, you may walk, you may shuffle, but you can, and you can crawl, but you can not give up. And sometimes you just have to do that. You have to slow down and say, I'm going to just go for two minutes. And if that's all you have in the tank for you that day, be proud of those two minutes that you have. I think people don't celebrate enough their small victories because they're so focused on getting to a goal. And if you don't enjoy the journey, you won't like if you don't enjoy the journey on the way, you're never going to enjoy the destination. Because once you get to a mile, your next one is a 5K. So if you're having trouble running, understand that we've all been there. 
you know, like I, there are days where I can run a half marathon and there are days where I struggle running a mile. Like we all have those days, like we're all human, but just celebrate where you are and understand that like running for two minutes, 30 seconds, whatever you have, it's okay to do that and be proud of those 30 seconds that you ran because that's 30 seconds today that you ran more than you ran yesterday. And the next day, maybe it's not 31 seconds, maybe it's 29 because your body's tired or the next, but celebrate that too, because your body's recovering, it's learning, it's getting muscle memory, and you will get there. Don't give up on yourself. If this is something that you really, really want to do, never, ever, ever give up on yourself. You will get there. You just have to believe in yourself. Know that it's hard. It is hard. Life is hard. There are things in life, like everything's hard and anything that you want to accomplish in life is going to be hard. Accept that it's going to be hard. And when you accomplish the little things, celebrate them. And once you get to that coveted goal, whatever it is, be proud of it. Be proud of the fact that you accomplished something hard and then keep moving. Just put one step in front of the other and keep pushing yourself forward. Just do the best that you can. Like that's honestly it and celebrate that because I celebrate everyone. Like no matter where you are in your journey, like I see people running on the road and I am like cheering in my car. So if you ever pass someone and you're like, what are they doing? Some of those people are like cheering for you. I'm like, yeah, go. I'm, I'm really like, like, go best friend. Like you are crushing it. Like, this is awesome. I love to see people run. So people are cheering for you, whether you know it or not. People want you to want to want you to succeed in life, even if they don't know you and just be proud of who you are. Like be proud of where you are in your journey. Like you worked hard to get there. So celebrate it. Yeah, that, I think that is honestly the best advice for a beginner really is that of just like, because every time I see someone say that, like, you know, I just ran this and then this was a slow, you know, I know this is slow, but, and then they go into that and it's just like, they're, they're diminishing the really cool thing they did because they know that there's other people out there that are more advanced and are doing more impressive things in yeah. quotes for like in their mind, but it just like, it goes up the ladder to like whatever elite level runner, you know, it's just like every level there's someone higher than that. And I think, and, and, and then it just like kind of, almost like refuse to recognize how like badass it is and how cool it is that they were able to like get out and just do that part for them. Yes. And, and that like almost like is a, is it like an energy drain? Yeah. Just like always like striving for this like infinite goal that never quite gets there. Where like, I feel like the, like you'll be proud of yourself when you decide that you're going to be proud of, proud of yourself. Yes. Like the, the thing is never going to give it to you. And like, I, I, I always was like disappointed when I would finish a race, like I would finish it. And be like, well, I got cool, I guess, you know, but it didn't, you know, because I was looking for that to like validate me somehow. Yeah. And it wasn't until my last race that actually that I did pretty much the advice you gave where I just started like enjoying my training runs and taking pride that I got out there and did it. And after I finished that race, it was like the first time I ever did not feel disappointed after I finished. Yeah. And so, yeah, that really is the biggest thing is just like be proud of yourself for what you're doing. 
And, and honestly, in my opinion, like never apologize for your time. Yes. You know, where people are like, I know this is slow. But... <laughs> right. It makes my heart hurt when I see someone say, I'm not as great as you guys, or this may not be as good as you. And I'm like, listen, never apologize for yourself. Never apologize for your journey. Because like, I'm not Usain Bolt. Like, they're not scouting me for the Olympics. Like, but I'm proud of where I am. Like, I'm not a super fast runner. Like, most of my runs are at like a 10, 1030, you know, and because of where I am at my streak. And I don't, I don't feel bad about that. Like I'm proud of where I am and in and, and my space that I'm in. There's always going to be someone doing better than me. But the most important thing is if you are running or if anything you're doing in life, you have to do it for you. Like don't do it for the validation of someone else because they're not going to give you what you're looking for. You have to be proud of what you're doing because you are proud of you. Like even if no one else was happy about what you're doing, you have to say, and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I crushed it. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I know I crushed it. And that's huge for me. Like it takes a lot for people to do that for themselves. And I even feel it in reverse when someone's like, you're awesome. I'm like, but I know I could have done better. So like, I'm a good judge of trying to figure out like, you know what you have and what's good for you. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Don't run for anyone else run for yourself, do it for you. And when you truly do something for yourself, that's when you find happiness in what you're doing, because you're not looking for someone else to validate your success. You're validating your own success. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, if you can be the, like, uh, the cultivator of your own inner state, and not be, you know, like, relying on the outside environment to do that, then that, that's like, like, true, like, creation of your life at that point. Um, but I, I guess I want to like wrap up everything with just like a question I, I like to ask at the end, which is like, what is the single most impactful experience of your life? And it could be anything. It doesn't have to be running related. Ooh, that's a really, really good question. What is the single most impactful thing of my life? Um, I honestly, you know what? I think it was having kids, right? Like, and I don't want to use that as an out, but I, I do. Like, I, when I, I say this, like, they're always watching. They're always watching. And they even went from saying, mommy, are you going to run today? To mommy, when are you going to run today? And I see changes in them by them watching me. And they'll say to themselves that they're strong. Right, because I want them to have good self images of who they are and believe that they can do anything. And I, I, I run for myself, like I run every day because it's something that I want to do. But I also watch the energy that I have empower them to do things that are hard for them. And I use that and they can visually see the days where I have fallen asleep on the couch and I get up and I go change and I'm like, I'm going for my run. And it shows them like something that I'm not going to give up just because things are hard and I've watched them push through. And so being able to watch the things that I do inspire someone else. Um, and someone that I love has been truly impactful for me. And it's changed my mindset to make sure that I'm never doing negative talk to myself, um, that I'm always thinking positively because, you know, even through the pandemic, when it happened, their kids 
they don't know anything. All they know is that mommy and daddy are home every day from work and we get to ride our bikes outside. It's what we make it for them. Like it's how they're going to remember things. They're not going to remember that we wore masks and, you know, they didn't get to see people. They're just going to remember the positives if we make it positive for them. And so I try to make things in my life positive experiences for them because they're going to view the world in the eyes of the way that I teach them to view the world. And I try to use running and exercising and just everyday life of saying it is hard. I am not going to lie to you. Life is hard, but like, these are the things that you're going to gain from it. And this is why we don't give up. And if you commit to something, even if you don't want to do it, or you feel like it's not for you, we're going to see it through to the end because we don't commit to things and quit halfway through because this is, it's an integrity thing for me. Like you're going to finish the sport and then we'll reevaluate at the end um, because I want them to just be responsible people. So that has been super impactful for me to watch them watch me and be proud of me um, for just doing just what I consider something that I never really had. Like, I didn't even know that I was even capable of doing or that I wanted to do. So it's, it's awesome. It really is. Yeah, I, I, I think that's awesome. I, I, I love that. And uh, thanks for doing the podcast too. I, like, I, I truly find you inspiring, and I find it Thank funny you. too that you're like, I don't think my story is that interesting, but I don't. You know, sure, I'll be happy to come on. Yeah, I, I feel like that's your own version of like, I know I'm slow, but right. I, I yeah. guess I have imposter syndrome too because like, I, like I'm like I'm just doing something that everybody else can do, um, and, but I just I don't know. Like I want, I just truly figured out and I always say like happiness isn't pie right like it's you're not gonna run out like there's plenty for everyone and like if I'm happy I want other people to be happy like my success isn't impeded by someone else's success so I want to push people to be the best that they can be because I truly know what it feels like to be proud of myself um and so when I say like I don't feel like my story is that inspiring it's just because I feel like it's something that anyone can do um, but I am, I'm honored, I'm humble that like people feel inspired by what I do and that they feel like I'm inspiring because I feel like it's just something that comes natural when you're happy with yourself. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, yeah, this was awesome. And um, I'll thank probably... you for inviting me on. Yeah, you were, way, you were like... awesome. I love this conversation. <laughs> Um, yeah, my whole family's like, oh my God, you're famous. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit, she's a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for all the support you've been given in the running group. For those who are listening, it's running after two. I'm sorry, running after it all on um, Facebook. And I have an Instagram. My Instagram handle is running after two. So um, if anyone's out there and they want to wish to follow me in my crazy journey, um, you can follow on either one of those pages. Hell yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm sure I'll talk to you at some point or yes. I'll see you in the group. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, I guess, yeah, have a, have a good weekend and get that run in. I will. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Right. See ya. Bye, Wesley. Bye.